Welcome back to Star Trek Sundays. We're happy that you joined us today for The Traveler in You, in which we'll discuss how vacation was presented and contemplated through Star Trek, and particularly on the planet Ryza in Captain's Holiday from The Next Generation, and Let He Who Is Without Sin from Deep Space Nine. If you're new here, I'm Victoria, and with me is my co-host T. Star Trek Sundays is a podcast through which we and our guest crew examine the philosophical themes presented in Star Trek every Sunday at 10 a.m. PST on Clubhouse. Our goal is not to come to conclusions on the themes we discuss, but to spark contemplation and conversation, which we hope continues after the live recording and into the lives of the listeners of the podcast. We'll take about 20 minutes per episode and question. We'll also take a look at what's coming up for Star Trek Sundays next week, which is exciting, and then continue the conversation. T, the two episodes we watched for this discussion were so much fun to watch yesterday at the watch party. Uh, Some twists and turns, adventure and romance, exactly what we want from a vacation, exactly what some want, and exactly what some do not want. I'm guessing that because of the holodeck and the crew being able to relax there and in the lounge of the Enterprise, and the fact that the Enterprise crew are not always near planets like Ryza, travel vacations are rare for the crew of the Enterprise. So before we talk about these episodes specifically, can you tell us a little bit about vacation in the Star Trek universe? Absolutely. You know, the Enterprise would offer the most incredible opportunities to reach destinations so exotic and opulent, it'd be hard to resist the pull of them. And yet, Risa seems to be the only place that people actually end up on vacation. And I can I can see why, too. The manufactured climate, the unashamed attitude towards sex, it's basically a swinger's paradise, if you're into that sort of thing. And if you're not, there's lots of other things to do, too. The crew generally goes on vacation on the holodeck. So when we see them relaxing, it's almost always in a manufactured setting. But Risa offers some unique challenges because unlike the holodeck, you can't just say computer and program and go back to the way things were. So there's a fair bit of talk about home worlds and nostalgia for home worlds. And generally when people go on vacation or take a leave of absence, it's just not shown. They'll mention it in in a passing conversation and then mention it again when they return. You know, what a great time they had. So in these episodes, where the crew's forced to leave the comfort of their cushy homes and go on an actual vacation, the true dyed-in-the-wool Starfleet officers often seem uneasy, as if their lives are so structured that the freedom to roam is foreign to them. Watching Picard navigate a romantic relationship while trying to maintain diplomacy was a treat. And seeing Dax and Worf together was a reflective moment for me about the nature of couple dynamics, especially when forced out of their comfort zones. So I'm excited for a good discussion about times we went on vacation or maybe forced out of our comfort zones. Thanks, T. Yeah. yeah, well, as I said, I'm I'm on vacation right now with my husband, and it's a an annual vacation that we take. And even though we're in somewhat of a comfort zone, we've been to this motel at least uh, a dozen times, and we know the people around here, uh, the people who serve us as our regular restaurants or whatever. They're still being out of our comfort zone. They're still like today with the podcast 
my husband knew he was supposed to be out of the apartment, you know, out of the motel by quarter to 10. And we we're still trying to get him out at 10 after or at, at 10.04, right? <laughs> so being out of your comfort zone just leaves you discombobulated. So this, this should be really good. Uh, can you provide us a summary of Captain's Holidays for those who didn't get a chance to view it this week? And then I'll put a question to you. Absolutely. Captain's Holiday, the Star Trek The Next Generation, Season 3, Episode 19, first aired on the 2nd of April, 1990. In Captain's Holiday, Captain Picard is convinced by his crew to take a vacation on Planet Risa, a popular holiday destination. Holiday romance and intrigue ensue as Picard is forced to engage with time-traveling aliens who are trying to recover an ancient artifact. This fits the theme because it's an introduction to the vacation planet of Risa and a good example of what happens when a fish is taken out of water. Thanks, T. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. I enjoyed both of them, actually. I love the way the crew gently prompted, forced Picard to go on vacation. And Riker going so far as to set up Picard to be hit on by women on Risa by asking him to purchase a souvenir for him. That being a horgon, the fertility statue meant to be an indication of one seeking Jamarharan, the mysterious and pleasurable sexual act practiced on Risa. And it was hilarious that he goes and gets this souvenir and then places it on the table next to him while he was reading and then he gets hit on by all these women and then you know you can see him go damn it Riker as he hides the thing after the fifth woman hit on him I just I loved this this turned out to be a perfect vacation for Picard though whether he knew it at the time or not in my opinion Often, adventure travel is a far better way to take your mind off regular life than a vacation during which you try to relax, but your mind wanders back to normal life and its obligations. So I loved this little Indiana Jones-type adventure that uh, Picard went on. So my question to you is, and then we'll bring up people from the audience to answer this question. Can you think of a time in which you took a vacation or a trip that you thought would go one way, but went a very different way? Yes. Um, my family and I grew up in Southern California, and every summer we would take a trip up north to Oregon, which is a good 13, 15 hour drive. So we're talking, you know, two young children, me being seven and my sister being five, we're in the backseat of my mother's Volvo station wagon on a 13-hour trip up north, specifically with the idea of beating the heat, because in Southern California during the summer, it gets really hot. But in Oregon, the temperature is much more mild, usually. So we get up there and go to my grandmother's place, because that's where she lives. And everything is fine for the first two days until a heat wave comes. And suddenly, instead of being in Southern California in a hundred and, you know, hundred plus degree weather where we have air conditioning, we're now in Oregon where people don't generally have a lot of air conditioning and we're suffering because of the heat. And so we ended up driving four hours north to Canada, to like the border, the border of Canada, crossing over the border and then coming back the same day 
just to get away from the heat because we were sweltering so bad and the car happened to have air conditioning. And so like a four hour drive ended up being our vacation on top of a 13 hour drive there and a 13 hour drive back. It was, you know, and then uh, then a four hour drive back. We spent like literally the entire eight hours driving. It was it was very, very, you know, unexpected that that's what happened. I remember as a as a seven year old child, just absolutely dripping buckets of sweat and my mom going, we got to do something. We got to do something because we're here on vacation and this is not going as planned. Right. That's that's hilarious. And, you know, being from Canada, I can tell you we have done that ourselves. <laughs> we don't have air conditioning in our houses. So when it got you know, my husband and I now have some portable air conditioners, but before that we would say, do you want to go for a drive? And I know that sounds horrible for the environment, but like sometimes you just need to sit in your car's air conditioning and cool off because you'll just be sick, right? So I think people are changing now and realizing it's getting warmer and warmer, but I feel for you guys and and how terrible to try to get out of the heat 13 hours and then uh, find that it's even hotter there. Thanks for that. That's great. Hey, Joshua. Hey, bro. Welcome to the stage. Thanks for coming up. I'll put this to you first, Joshua. Can you think of a time in which you took a vacation or a trip that you thought would go one way, but went a very different way? Yes, actually. I I remember my wife and I, uh, back when we were dating, um, had a fun vacation or what should have been a fun vacation, I suppose. I was uh, planning a trip to go to Florida to see a friend in Cocoa Beach. And my girlfriend, before she was my wife, said, hey, I want to come with you. And I thought, oh, yeah, great. You know, let's do that. And she wanted to make one of those days a trip to Disney because that's very close to uh, Cocoa Beach. And so we planned that. We booked the trip. We went down and uh i'm there to see a friend but we've carved out one day to go to disney world and we went to disney and this would have been i think in the month of december so we're thinking this is going to be a great time to go to disney it's not going to be crowded it's not going to be hot and despite all expectation there was just like you've both described a heat wave in december and it was so hot and it was so miserable. And all we did was uh, wait in line. And I remember my wife wanted to go on uh, the Peter Pan ride. And we waited in line for two and a half hours. And we got so heat sick that we had to, um, like, as soon as we got on that ride and did that, we had to leave because we were both so sick from the heat. It's funny because it ruined that day. This is before lunch that we're so heat sick that we have to leave. It ruined the day, but looking back, it was still like a fun, like it was just an experience. It was a fun trip. We just took uh, lemons and made lemonade, so to speak, and ended up instead going to some other venues around town and uh, that is actually the trip on which I think I've mentioned before. I met Tom Clancy and had drinks with him at a bar. So it was not the trip I expected, but it was absolutely uh, the trip that I deserved. 
and I enjoyed the shit out of it. Awesome. Well, not awesome that you got heat sick. That's terrible. But uh, I'm glad that you uh, took those lemons and made some lemonade. That's the that's the thing you you always want to do when something takes a turn for sure. Good on you guys. How about you, bro? Can you think of a time in which you took a vacation or a trip that you thought would go one way, but went a very different way? Oh, great. So I had to step out into my car to tell this story. Didn't want to, didn't want to tell it while I was in the house. I, uh, I lived in China for quite some time. And while I was there, I was dating this girl and I told her I really wanted to go to the beach. So, uh, the, uh, the village I was living in was completely landlocked, right? There was no, there wasn't really much there as far as, uh, <laughs> places you could go into the water. The water wasn't very clean. So. I talked to her and I talked to her parents and they, they said, oh yeah, there's a, there's a place, there's an island. We haven't been there in a long time, but there's an island. It's a couple hours away. And, uh, and I heard that there's beaches there. So, I, okay, great. So we planned a, a weekend to head out to this island and for me to go see the beach and hang out on the beach, which is very nice of them. <laughs> so there's also a big military base over everywhere this island was. I was pretty close to the island. So we get to the island and uh, we realize pretty quickly after we get there that um, the majority of the island is inhabited by prostitutes for the servicemen that are at the military base. And it is basically a pleasure island. And the hotels were giant and beautiful and it was all luxurious, but that's who was out most of the time. So we didn't stay very long. We got in this rinky dink uh, boat, took it out there. It only came once a day. So we had to spend the night and then the next night we left. Next day we left, but that didn't go quite as planned. That's hilarious. That sounds like Riza. <laughs> that sounds like what we're talking about here. <laughs> when we get to the next episode where Worf has a bit of a fit over that stuff. That's funny. Did you at least get to spend some time on the beach when you were there? You know, the beach wasn't all it was cut out to be. <laughs> oh, darn. darn. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the nicest beach, and it wasn't the cleanest of places. So, yeah, we didn't stay for very long. But it makes for a really good story years later on You know, house. I've never told this story <laughs> before, so it's a Star Trek Sunday exclusive. There you go. Oh, great. I'm privileged. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Rachel? Can you think of a time in which you took a vacation or trip that you thought would go one way, but went a very different way? Well, the one I think of, um, I know, so it's not going to be as lighthearted or funny of a story as what other people told, but uh, the vacation I think of that went awry was when I was, um, I was here in Oklahoma. I was like, I guess you would call it like cyber dating, I guess, or having an online relationship with somebody uh, who was in LA. And uh, we had been talking and FaceTiming and, and all the stuff for like six months. And then he wanted to fly me out to LA to visit him. And so, and we were falling like, like for each other, like even before we met, we, uh, which is something, you know, it, I never really, um, at the time I hadn't had any online relationship with anybody before. So it was really new to me. So when he did decide to fly me out, I it was supposed to be like a week of just 
relaxing and, and having a good time. And maybe like um, we, you know, when I got there, things were going swimmingly between us and we were um, having a good time or whatever. And then um, he introduced cocaine to me. And so I, he asked me if I wanted to try it and I had never tried it before. So I said, sure. So it proceeded to be um, just partying hard for like four days or something. And then, then suddenly I start having, I start slipping into uh, a psychosis episode, my very first one that I ever had. So it, in the vacation ended with me, um, you know, the episode culminated at LA's airport and I ended up getting arrested there and taken to a hospital. So my vacation started off as two people just falling for each other and having a good time and ended with me in the mental hospital at UCLA Harbor in California. So that definitely was not the vacation I had planned at all. So yeah, so that's my story. Wow, Rachel, thank you for sharing that. I've I've heard you speak of the episode at the airport before, but I had no idea that it started out as a romantic vacation. That's um that's yeah. wild. That that fills in a little bit there. Thank you for that. T, any thoughts on what we've heard so far? Yeah, Rachel, I'm just glad that it ended, you know, that way instead of a worse way, because I can imagine worse ways that that could end. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm glad you're safe. You know, I'm sorry that that happened. That's horrible. But, you know, ultimately, like, okay, I'm now safe in the custody of the police feels a little bit better than, like, the situation you were just prior to that. So it's like, that might be a better thing, if that makes sense, you know? No, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, eventually the guy, we ended up stopping talking because he was just freaked out by what happened. So that's unfortunate. But uh, but it seems like I dodged a bullet because I think he was a regular cocaine user from what I've gathered. And that is not the lifestyle that I uh, that I wanted. Yeah, that's the opposite of what happened to me. It's not a drug thing, but I went on a vacation. I wasn't going to share this, but I, I think I'll just, uh, since it's a small stage, I'll, I'll put this out there. I went on a vacation to Cuba and I had always wanted to go there. A friend of mine went every year and had he was a neighbor of mine and had always invited me. And I, I said, yeah, 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 I'll go, I'll go. Finally, I decided I would go. So I go to Cuba and I meet up with him. And he and I travel around a little bit together, which was, you know, normal for us to do. And I now have to go back from sort of the, the central area of Cuba. And I'm going to go back to Havana for the, my last two or three nights on my own. And I felt like I had done travel on my own. I, I had gone to Mexico by myself years earlier and stuff. But I was like going to miss my friend Mike, right? And when he dropped me off at the bus depot to head back to Havana, I said, what am I going to do in Havana without you? And he said, oh, I don't know, maybe you'll fall in love. And he gave me a big hug. I got on the bus and I went back to Havana. And the next day I met a man at a book uh, market that I eventually married the next year. <laughs> and so I thought that was going to be a holiday romance that turned into a marriage. Now, the marriage didn't last very long. It should have stayed a holiday romance. <laughs> but these things can go in a completely different way sometimes. And you think, what the hell just happened? <laughs> so I just thought, oh, I'll, I'll share that because it didn't start out as being a romance. But I cursed my friend about that later. I said, you cursed me by saying that at the bus depot. 
This is Star Trek Sundays on Clubhouse. Our regular show is Sunday at 10 a.m. PST. To be notified of future shows, please join the club on Clubhouse and our mailing list at StarTrekSundays.com. Today, we are talking about The Traveler in You. The Star Trek Sundays podcast is available on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and from anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please consider subscribing to our channels. It helps us reach others who might enjoy the show. And don't forget our website, StarTrekSundays.com, where you'll find links to the previous shows, our upcoming watch lists, and our Star Trek Sundays trading post, which is our shop where we feature our custom Star Trek art on various products. Before we move on to Let He Who Is Without Sin, can you tell us, T, what we have coming up for next week's podcast and watch party? Yes. Uh, Next week, we are doing Political Correctness on May 28th. And uh, we're going to watch Star Trek The Motion Picture, which was released on December 7th, 1979. That's two years after I was born. So I was two years old when this movie came out. Um, The first Star Trek film featuring the cast of the original series and the first of the 13 Star Trek films in total. Uh, An alien cloud is approaching the Earth, destroying everything in its path. James T. Kirk, now an admiral, is the only one who can save the day. He assumes command of the newly refitted Enterprise and is now on a mission to save Earth from destruction. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I can't wait to see this. I don't remember if I've seen this before, but when we were planning for this, I was thinking, how the hell does this admiral just take command of this ship? I want my ship back. I'm going to save the planet. So I can't wait to see the reaction of the captain of the Enterprise when Kirk does this. I'm sure it's, uh, it's just rich. So let's move on to Let He Who Is Without Sin. Can you provide a summary of the episode to remind those who didn't get a chance to review it what it was about? And then I have a question for you. Yes. Let He Who Is Without Sin from Deep Space Nine Season 5 Episode 7 first aired on the 11th of November 1996. In this episode, Worf and Dax have hit a rough patch in their romantic relationship and head on vacation, during which Worf plans to talk to Dax about their relationship. On the planet, Risa, known for its open attitude towards sexuality and pleasure, Worf becomes involved with a group who wants to restore the moral and cultural traditions of the Federation. This fits the theme perfectly, because Worf and Dax are both on the same vacation, but seem to be having two completely different adventures. Thanks, T. Yeah, this was this was a great episode. It was so much fun. And I really liked the twists that came with Worf joining the resistance movement, working against the pleasures of Risa, as well as that old Bajoran tradition called the Rite of Separation, which we see Lita and Bashir work through on their vacation. That was an interesting twist, and it was clearly a twist for Worf as well, because Worf and Dax were watching these two with other people. And, you know, Dax was thinking, hey, it's not our business, and Worf was outraged, outraged. So uh, that was really interesting. So this brings me to the question. I'll go to T, and then we'll ask everybody else on stage. Have you ever used a vacation or travel to work through a difficult time or to help you make a decision about your future? Yeah. One time in my 20s, I was offered a opportunity at a up-and-coming tech startup. The thing that it, it was in Iceland, 
And so they actually flew me out there for three days to, you know, see what it was like. And it was a very interesting culture. And I actually seriously considered it. And, and it was really kind of wild. They have this very, very, you know, sort of way about them on Fridays when the work is over, they party. And on Saturdays, everything is closed. Like they're because of Friday, right? Because it was just Friday. What do you mean? We're not going to work on Saturday, right? We just partied hard because the week is over. And like, you know, there's, there's like long strips of highway and um, you encounter like a tree and the, the road will very specifically, it's just going straight. It will make a big wide turn around the tree and then keep on going straight in order to like preserve the tree, right? And it was just, it was this very different, you know, cultural sort of exchange that was happening. Great times were had. I decided that I didn't really want to do it because it felt like a very isolated culture. And I felt like I was sort of be just isolated from the rest of the world. And I, I still feel like that was probably the right decision for me. But, you know, going to Iceland and figuring out, hey, do I really want to work for this place was very eye opening and really helped me sort of like work through, you know, what am I going to do with my future career here? Oh, groovy. Yeah, that is a place I've always wanted to travel to. And I love their um, governmental culture and, and such. But it does feel far from everything because it is far from everything. Now, my question to you is, when something like that happens, you determine that you don't want to live in Iceland, but did it help you determine that you wanted to be settled in California? Because yeah, sometimes it, it makes it even easier to go, you know what? No, I don't even want to live in Florida or New York or Washington. I really like California. Yeah, I basically decided then and there. And I've, I've only sort of like recently had to rethink that just a little bit. That if I ever ended up leaving Southern California, then something just had gone horribly, horribly wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I've wanted to live elsewhere in the world. And yet every time I try to look, even I did live in the Caribbean for um, four months and with plans to get, get, I got a job there, signed a contract, all of that stuff. And, but it just, every time I think about going to another place, I think, why am I leaving Vancouver? Like the West Coast of Canada and the United States is spectacular. Right? I could see myself moving to the States, maybe on the Pacific coast, <laughs> but I just can't see myself moving to any other coast anywhere in the world now. Anyway, so that's, that's interesting. Thank you for that. Joshua, how about you? Have you ever used a vacation or travel to work through a difficult time or to help you make a decision about your future? Uh, outside my current circumstance, I'm, I'm not sure I can think of one. <laughs> I realized as I was reading the question to you, I thought, oh, <laughs> wait a second. So I don't know if you want to share anything about your current circumstance or whether you would like me to move on to, to bro, because I'm happy either way. Yeah. So let me see. I actually am currently taking a vacation uh, as I'm dealing with some personal issues, including a divorce, uh, taking a bit of a, a extended vacation while I sort of figure things out and figure the next step in my life. So while I am from a state in the south, I currently find myself in the mountains. And it's been, uh, you know, something that I think has been good in order to find a way to get away and just recalibrate. 
And um, I have realized much like when T went to Iceland, while I think that things are beautiful here, it, it's helping me realize, you know, uh, where I want to be geographically. You know, that's been a nice step in the right direction. Because if you don't know what you want to do, the first thing you got to figure out sometimes is where you want to be. And it's helping me figure that out. Great. And sometimes it's process of elimination. If you don't know where you want to be, you've at least got to figure out where you don't want to be. That's a, a good start too. Well, thank you. And I wish you good luck with that. And uh, we can catch up when I'm back from my vacation as well. I look forward to that. How about you, bro? Have you ever used a vacation or travel to work through a difficult time or to help you make a decision about your future? So you keep asking these questions and it keeps becoming story time with bro in my head. Awesome. So I have <laughs> I have another story, but hey, Joshua, uh, man, I heard your story. You're going to make it through. It's There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm just letting you know. So story time with bro. Here we go. Uh, when I was much younger, I decided I didn't want to live where I lived. So I got in my car and I started driving. My car broke down in Colorado, broke down in Frisco, Colorado. And I thought, oh, I could live here, but Denver's just up the way. So I moved to Denver. And then one of my, my first real jobs after graduating was <laughs> directing traffic at a place called Red Rocks Amphitheater. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. But boy, the acoustics, if you ever get a chance to go to Red Rocks in Colorado and Denver, you should go. Acoustics are great. Um, there's little caves in the rocks where you can sit and listen to the, the music and they have full, it's just, it's great, great venue. Um, but I was directing cars where to park. You know, I was that guy with the orange vest and the, the little wands that lit up in the evening and I thought oh, I don't really want to do this either so I uh within a month I got on a plane and I was living in China I knew so little about China that I uh, got off the plane and some guy came up to me and said I'll give you 100 Chinese dollars for 50 American dollars and I thought a two to one deal. What a great deal. And I did it. <laughs> so that's how little, little I know. And then I lived in China for a bit, came back to the States. Uh, after I um, decided I was done there and then moved from the States because I didn't like my job in the States, uh, decided to keep running away from my problems. And I ended up in Australia and lived there for a bit. And then finally ended up making it back to the States. But um, yeah, if, if anybody's ever dealt with traveling to get away from their issues, I have done that. I can say yes to that one. Checked it off the box. Wow, that is a lot of faraway travel. Uh, China, States, Australia, States. Wow, you just need to cross that ocean a few times to figure it out. That's amazing. Thank you for that. T, any thoughts so far? Yeah, I love that you <laughs> I love that you went for the exchange rate without knowing the exchange rate. That's great. Yeah, dollars aren't the same everywhere. Yeah, that's 
That's funny. So let's move to you, Rachel. Have you ever used a vacation or travel to work through a difficult time or to help you make a decision about your future? Let's see. I actually have a couple and they're both quick. Um, so the, the major travel, the major thing I did was um, I was in California. I was trying to rebuild my life after the cult that I left. And I had been on my own for about almost a year and I just wasn't doing good. Mentally, I was a mess. I missed um, my mom and my sister who were in Oklahoma. I was losing like my job, my car, my apartment. <laughs> like I, everything was just a mess. And so my mom was like, why don't you come visit us in Oklahoma and maybe you might wanna move here with us. So um, I did visit. Oklahoma and I and they lived in this town called Shawnee which is I mean people in Shawnee think it's an up-and-coming city and like it's like a big deal but like it's really in the sticks compared to downtown Los Angeles where I'd been living so I, I didn't care for Shawnee at all but the reason I, I ended up moving uh, was just because I needed to be near my family and I wanted to get away from all the memories um, in California. But, you know, unfortunately that didn't do the trick um, because I was also trying to run away from my own problems. And you can move all over the world, but if you don't address what's going on inside of you, then moving's not gonna do any good. But uh, it ended up being a very um, good experience for me because um, I needed a slow pace. I needed to, time to breathe, time to relax, time to rethink my life and stuff. And so I, I think it, it's been very beneficial. And at first, my plan was move to Oklahoma, work a couple jobs, save up and go travel Europe. But then, but then I became a mom and that kind of changed. But um, the other time I, I did a staycation, I guess, if you will, was a, a major turning point in my life was I was contemplating whether to leave the cult or not. This was, this was before moving to Oklahoma. And um, I decided that, you know, instead of going to work, I'm gonna take a day off and go to the beach and I'm going to rent a little seaside room and not tell. And I didn't tell anybody where I was going. And uh, I just did that for a day. And I just needed to get away from from everything and, and try and decide what I want to do. And, you know, I came back from that, you know, realizing that, yeah, I did want to leave. Great. Great. Yeah. Sometimes just a, a change of scenery and being left alone to contemplate your own thoughts and to be able to oh i've got i've got a cruise ship honking i don't know if you can hear that but yeah change of, of scenery can actually uh help us clear out the garbage so that we can concentrate on what we want to do so i appreciate that so we'll move to you babs have you ever used a vacation or travel to work through a difficult time or to help you make a decision about your future? Uh, yeah. Um, when I was 23, I was living with my mom and I was uh, talking to my stepdad and I had made an abrupt decision to uh, move to Colorado from Michigan. And uh, I did. Uh, within making the decision, I was in Colorado two weeks afterward. It was very quick uprooting. <sighs> And, uh, yeah, I discovered a lot about myself out there, discovered a lot about my mom, uh, or, you know, realized a lot of things about my mom. And unfortunately, I'm back living with her. But, yeah, yeah, I've been there. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you don't 
make the decision that you need to make right after knowing you need to make that decision. Keeping that in your back pocket and keeping those experiences in your back pocket can help you later in life uh, when you get that opportunity because people often say that luck is being prepared for an opportunity. And that's where I think some of this contemplation leaves us. I think sometimes in our regular lives, we just get into habits and we're just, you know, get up, have the same breakfast, go to work, go to the same job. And even though it's not comfortable, the familiarity can be comfortable. And knocking ourselves out of that familiarity can give us just a new perspective, right? So I I think it's it's great to do this sort of thing. And we see that in the the people who go on vacation, these characters who go on vacation on Ryza. And I always wonder with these Star Trek stories, what's happening in the lives of the writers. I've said that before, but I think what the hell was going on with the writers where they come up with some of this stuff, right? And certainly Bro's story about the island in China did sound a little bit like Ryza for sure. You know, I took a trip, as I've said, I've done quite a bit of travel by myself, which I like doing. It's interesting when you travel by yourself and recognize how much compromise you make. Now, the compromise that you make when you're around people doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing things you don't want to do. But the whole, hey, when do you think you're going to be ready for dinner, right? Oh, well, I don't normally like to eat until 7.30, but somebody else likes to eat at 5.30. Okay, well, let's both, let's just eat together at 6.30. Well, you're both compromising, so it's not exactly what you want to do, but you're happy to do it and you're happy with the person. It's fine. But when you're by yourself and you get to just eat where and when you want, there is this odd freedom that comes with it if you've never had it before. And so I really enjoy traveling by myself and just not having to worry about another person's happiness just for a little bit. And perhaps that's because, you know, I've always lived with somebody for the most part. I lived by myself for a while, but been in relationships or lived with my parents or my grandma or something, as well as, you know, at work, I've always worked in the service industry. But I took a vacation once. It was to actually work through a difficult time and then to make a decision about my future. And it was in 2007 and I was going to leave a job because I'd been doing a job for seven years and I thought, okay, I, I want to go to London. I wanted to go to a concert. So I decided I was going to go to London. I asked somebody on uh, a, a James Bond forum who I knew, a a woman I I knew, if she wanted to go with me. And she said, yeah, yeah, sure, that'd be great. Oh, you know, happy to meet you and everything. So I went out there. I got a really great sort of bed and breakfast type place in Notting Hill. And then we, and and then we were going to meet up and go to this, this place. And part of the reason that I wanted to do this was the concert, but also I didn't know if I wanted to live in Canada anymore. I thought I'd always live somewhere else. And I thought, well, London's as good as any place. And I could probably get a work visa and I could probably get citizenship because my grandparents were English. And so um, so I was just going to go out and see if, if I liked it there. And I mean, I absolutely did. But my girlfriend, Dusty, was her nickname on the forum. So we used our forum names. She said, well, do you want to invite some of the guys uh, that we knew from the forum? And I said, yeah, sure, right. So so we invited some of the guys to go with us and ended up going to this concert. It was great. I spent a week kind of on my own with uh, bookending the 
the trip with this concert at the beginning. And at the end, I had another friend from the forum come and meet me because he had been on vacation during the concert. He ended up being my next husband (laughs) and my current one, by the way, 15 years later. But because he was in England and he needed to come out here to meet my friends and everything, I wasn't going to just move away and and marry somebody. We ended up staying in Vancouver instead of moving to London. And that was a huge decision I had to make because he was interested in leaving England far more than I was interested in leaving Canada. And so my, my bit about living in London had to be modified because he had no interest in living in London. And after being in London for even 10 days, I realized like the air quality and some of the stuff I really love about living on the West Coast of Canada just wasn't going to be available there. Sure, it was like swinging. It was great. There was so much adventure to be had. But Every day I got home and I'd blow my nose and black came out, right? Because of catching the tube and all of this stuff. So so I'm never allowed to go on vacation by myself again, by the way, just in case I, I end up in a third marriage. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, the other thing I wanted to mention, though, it was kind of funny because my vacation wasn't romantic. I, I mean, sure, I ended up with this guy, but... And we obviously had interest in each other. But what was really funny was I didn't have, because it was a bed and breakfast, it didn't have a phone in the room. It didn't have a phone or a TV or anything like that. And so anybody could phone and leave a message and then your messages were put on this little bulletin board. So I had a whole bunch of people from the forum that I was trying to meet up with. And so people were leaving notes on this bulletin board, but they were all like code names because because they were either from Facebook or this James Bond thing. And it was clear that when I checked out my, and I had two men stay with me at the beginning of the the trip and at the end of the trip, but I had two beds in my room and they were guys from the forum who were friends of mine. And, but it was clear when I checked out that the owner of the bed and breakfast thought that I was a hooker. That just made me laugh. But she was getting all these like, sorry, I couldn't meet you maybe tonight and all this stuff. I was getting all these notes being left on this bulletin board. So while I wasn't vacationing in Riza, um, other people thought that I was making my Notting Hill vacation into that for sure. Anyway, anybody else got anything to say about the Star Trek episodes we watched? Well, I did want to mention the, um, what was it, the, the Rite of Parting? Was that what it was called? Yeah, the rite of separation. I think it was. Yeah, rite of separation. Of, yeah. yeah, between Bashir and the uh, um, the girl from from Quark's bar, it was such a it was such an endearing plot line. And I mean, it, it kind of crumpled at the end when they started fighting. But this whole they had this wonderful, healthy attitude about you know we're not going to be together anymore. And then they did this really cute ritual where like they went to kiss, but then their faces turned away from each other. And I just loved that. I thought that was great. Yeah, I I did think about that quite a bit afterwards and how they were, even the description of it, how they were breaking away from each other by being with other people and I guess in front of each other or something. I I thought it was really good as well, really mature. And yeah, when they were bickering at the end, I mean, I think that the writers put that in there so that it wasn't so sappy, maybe. I don't know, but it was was a little bit comical because, of course, Quark was disappointed. He was their witness. Oh, and they needed a witness. So it was like a wedding almost, but they needed a witness and Quark was like disappointed that it was so boring. 
while he was carrying that totem around. <laughs> oh my God, he was carrying that totem around like a torch the entire time. It was awesome. <laughs> oh my God. He never let it lower. It never got like lower than like, you know, his chest, right? It was always just up there. Oh my god. Yeah, like it, like he had won an Oscar or something, right? Yeah. That was so funny. Yeah, that was that was really cute. Yeah. Hey, so so I didn't I haven't seen a lot of Deep Space 9 other than what we've seen for Star Trek Sundays. What is the deal between uh Quark and and Worf? Like Worf hated Quark. Yeah, well, you know, Worf just has a, a natural dislike towards you know, sort of Karangi in general. He he. Mm. They're sort of they're sort of opposites, right? Worf is this right. very honor bound person, and Karangis are notoriously just greedy. They'll do anything for for money, right? Um, and so they 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 have this sort of fundamental personality clash, and they're stationed, you know, together such that they they never they never really clash. It's just like a thing where you know. Worf's at the bar and he says one thing and Quark's like, you know, says something flippant and Worf is like, you know, in disgust about it, right? And so it's just, a, it's sort of a, 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 a running gag dynamic more than it is an actual feud, if that makes sense. Right, right, yeah. Well, I also found in this episode the getting down to the actual root of the problem with Worf. And finding out his childhood trauma and how that informs his decisions as an adult was quite deep. This episode covered a lot of uh, issues and I thought was complex. And while we can laugh about Quark, you know, carrying the totem around, the relationship between Dax and Worf, I was getting pretty much like, Dax, just leave it. It's not going to be worth it, right? But uh, in the end, they they kind of made up because they got down to the nuts and bolts of his trauma. And I thought that was quite sweet and, and gave us a lot to talk about as well. Yeah. Or at definitely. least contemplate. And, and I love their dynamic. I mean, the things that, the thing that Worf said to her about how, you know, he had seen this thing that was, that was so incredibly beautiful and he thought it was the most beautiful thing he had ever seen until now. It was just so sweet yeah, a little un unexpected uh, romance there, right? <laughs> Don't expect him to be the, the charmer. Part of the reason why I wanted to do the travel thing wasn't because I was going to be traveling, but it was coming off the heels of the traveler. And when we were talking about transcendence and what I found in my own life, and maybe what I'm hearing here today is that going away from the usual perspective, the usual view that we have, doing something different by traveling or taking a vacation can help us transcend. And that's the connection I made. And that's why we were doing this after transcendence. But we we shoved Mother's Day in there just because it was it was happening. So I hope that everybody understands that connection. Yeah, there there's actually a fair bit of um lore about the humanoid Rysians, the Rysi, the Rysa Hedony, which is their uh, government, and the, the fact that the Rysa is the homeworld of Rysans, who actually end up joining the Federation. So they're, naturally, they're part of the Federation, and so you have members of, you have members of the Federation who are in turn Rysians. And so there's deleted scenes in Enterprise, which mention that the planet is a 
Minshara class with a gravity approximately equal to Earth at sea level. Um, but then that detail sort of gets omitted um, and it says there's uh, equivalent to point in, what, point nine one of Earth at Earth sea level. So it's like a little bit lighter on you. Um, and it's, you know, so they mentioned that in Enterprise um, where they actually have Rysians join the Federation. Um, it's mentioned in Star Trek Into Darkness. It's mentioned in Picard in Strange New Worlds in the episode Children of the Comet. So there's definitely a couple of places where it pops up again. But I think this is these are the two episodes that spend the most time sort of on Risa, if you will. Right. Yeah, thanks for that. The gravity thing is interesting because... Uh we went for a walk last night and on the way back from dinner i was like oh maybe we should catch a cab but it was only a couple of kilometers so we ended up walking but i could have used 0.9 gravity for sure at the end of the day yeah I, i'm i'm looking at these uh there's lots of um technologies like the you get in sort of like a, a water bath or something while on the treadmill and it lowers your your overall weight so your impact isn't as high I'm like, this is cool. This is this is good tech, right? I'm I'm looking forward to, you know, lowered gravity, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Before I close out, T, did you have anything else to add? Yeah, with regards to Star Trek the Motion Picture, it was a product of its time. And it's one of those things that you have to sort of accept in in, in the you know time frame that it's made. It was made sort of up against 2001 and so they try to do this Kubrick thing and if you can make it past the first 30 minutes it's not bad like you actually get very Star Trek -y. you get the the vibe of Star Trek you get it all it's just that there's there's like the first 30 minutes of the movie and like nothing is happening and it's exhibition like long panning camera angles zooming around the Enterprise with literally the theme song playing and it's boring, you know, um, in in sort of the same way that 2001 is boring because there's nothing happening. It isn't to say that 2001 is a bad film. It's just cinematography rich and, you know, dialogue uh, lean, as if you will, right? And it's the same thing that's happening here. And then later in the movie, we actually get back into sort of Star Trek mode where Captain Kirk is doing his thing and the crew is are talking again. Um, so it, it's one of those things you just got to get over the hump of it and then it gets better. And so I'm looking forward to, um, you know, talking about political correctness at a time when it wasn't a thing and how, you know, how things have changed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it is uh, cringeworthy and we've seen that in some of our episodes that have surprised us. Right. Um, but this one, we're going in prepared and then to, um, yeah, see how things have changed over 40 years. It should be really interesting to compare what we think as fans, as well as how, um, how Star Trek uh, views certain topics. So I appreciate that. This is Star Trek Sundays on Clubhouse. Our regular show is Sunday at 10 a.m. PST. To be notified of future shows, please join the club on Clubhouse and our mailing list at StarTrekSundays.com. Today, we were discussing The Traveler in You. Thank you to everyone who has participated in the show and to our listening supporters. Please join us next week for Political Correctness, and we hope you have a great week. Thank you, everyone. Live long and prosper.